the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, we are currently missing Arthur Idala tonight, as well as Joni Pelzer and Matt Sambolino. But I'm Alex Garrett, the engineer for the evening, introducing our host for the evening, Frank McKay. Frank, welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Hey, I'm thrilled to be here, Alex. Thank you, and, and a big thank you to Joni, Arthur, and Matt for having me. And you know, tonight's a big night, but last night... In Suffolk County, it was probably one of the craziest moments uh, and a big moment in Suffolk County with that win of Ed Romaine. What exactly happened with that night, uh, Frank McKay? A big win for Ed Romaine, who is uh, the first Republican to hold the county executive spot uh, in, in 20 years. Uh, there was, And let me just clarify something. Some people might say, well, Steve Levy, who was the county executive out there, uh, he, he was a Republican, but he switched, right? He switched from Democrat. He was elected as a Democrat in 2003, ironically, against Ed Romaine. He won that seat, and then later on he switched to, to become a Republican and, um, and, and spent part of a term or whatever as a Republican. But it, it's not the same thing as, as getting elected as a Republican. And if you think about Suffolk County, Alex, it's— it's something that we usually consider somewhat of a red county, and it's it's been 20 years since there's been a Republican at the helm. And the county exec, for those who don't know, that's basically the governor uh, or the mayor of Suffolk County, 1.3 million people out there. And I know a lot of people just don't know what that means. Well, let's talk about that for a minute, because I know Ed Romaine had uh, really good aspirations going into it. He wins. And what's it mean for the county? And, and specifically, we're getting into it tonight. But of course, the Suffolk County Police Department's come, come under a lot of, you know, conversation because they got the Gilgo Beach killer. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Uh, but tell us about what that means for the police department, uh, because that's a big win for the PD, isn't it? I, I think it is. And the PBA uh, was behind the police union was behind Ed Romaine a hundred percent. The the interesting thing about Ed Romaine is first of all he's unbelievably competent. He's the supervisor currently the supervisor of Brookhaven, the town of Brookhaven, which is I, I believe it's the second biggest uh, town in the in the country. There's about a half a million people in Brookhaven. I live in Brookhaven. And it's uh, it's it's dwarfed by Hempstead, which I think has like nine hundred thousand people in it. And but still, it's a very large, very large town. It's larger, Brookhaven is, uh, than than so many of our counties in uh, in the state of New York. In New York, by the way, we have sixty two counties, sixty two cities, nine hundred and thirty two towns, 
and and you know by far the two biggest are Hempstead and and the town of Brookhaven. So Romaine has been running this, uh, and and by the way, running it very well for uh, for the last several years and uh, very popular. Uh, he's big into uh, constituent services and he's just out there all the time. So it we're going to get a, a very interesting dynamic. He's also in his seventies and. I don't know that he's planning on doing a second term, which also makes it interesting. Okay. Um, you know, he's he's going to go in there and basically uh, uh, do what he thinks needs to be done and uh, and not worry about being reelected. I mean, how would you like that? How would you like a, a, a politician coming in saying, I don't care what happens, I'm going to do what I believe is the best? I think that's what we need, and we need more of that, not, not to listen to outside forces, if you will, right, right, Frank? So I think he's going... With his gut, and that's that is great uh, for him. Now, some in Suffolk County, or some in New York City, might say, "Well, the migrant crisis hasn't hit Suffolk County, has it?" And, and also, why is this a big win for Suffolk County? Has there been issues that maybe the New York City eye hasn't seen? Well, New York City is is uh, <laughs> probably a big reason why Ed Romaine won so big. I mean, he I, I don't know what the the numbers ended up being last night. I mean, they were fifty eight percent. Uh, you know, on the Romaine side to whatever was left for for Dave Colon, his opponent, and uh, you know the the interesting thing about uh, the the race is people were dying to get out and and vote against the Democrat. Not that they don't like Ed Romaine. Uh, Ed Romaine's very popular, as I said, and, and and I can't overstate that. But Suffolk County have a uh, has a lot of folks that just don't want to be like New York City. And New York City, uh, when you think of it, you think of crime, you think of bail reform, and all you got to do in the last three three years or so, uh, all you really have to do is say bail reform, bail reform, bail reform, uh, just like Beetlejuice, and, uh, and, and it just changes something. Things show up, people show up, and uh, quite frankly, um, uh, the, what the New York City Dems did with getting forward and the statewide Dems uh, getting bail reform uh, to become a reality has helped the Republicans in Nassau and Suffolk County. And it just, uh, it, it's it, it's just something that we are not, uh, as Long Islanders, we are not ready to deal with. Uh, we, we don't want to have a law in place that allows somebody to rob you, get out of jail uh, an hour later, and then come rob me. Uh, get locked up and then rob my brother right after that. Uh, Alex, it's uh, it's a bizarre world we're living in. But uh, people blew back last night, and it was a it, it was a huge win for the Republicans, but not without an assist from the uh, from the city Democrats. And by the way, there was a big win last night here in the city. GOP candidate Christy Mamorato declaring victory in a stunning upset in the Bronx Council race. I mean, look. We, it didn't go that red last night, but at least someone got on the city council that's red, right? Yeah, well, I think it's I think it's a big deal, it, it, but it's only one, right? I mean, it's 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 one, and and it's in the big picture, it's not going to. And I don't want to minimize uh, what she did. It, it's it's a big, huge win, uh, but unless it follows with a pattern, I don't think you're going to see much of a difference in, in in the way New York City is governed. Absolutely, and I believe Joe Borelli, who's been in your filling a guest chair for Arthur before, filling host chair. He won again last night, and that's one of his final times as city council member. How about that? Uh, great public official, right? Wonderful 
uh, a wonderful guy, Joe Borelli, and I, I don't know if he even had an opponent. Did he have an opponent? I don't think he did, but... Yeah. You know, it's it's always good to see even our friends uh, get elected to this thing, and hopefully uh, more can follow in the next few years. But as I was saying, you know, this is not an off year for New York City politics because, yes, 2024 is around the corner, but there's so much that these newest elected council members have to get to work on, and will they? And will they do it in the favor of New York because it is still primarily blue? That's the question. Yeah, well, look, it's... It's almost become unlivable. The state of New York is almost, and I love the state of New York. I I, I have in the past, and I've lived here uh, the the greatest part of my life uh, here in a very short period uh, in Florida when I was a kid. But other than that, other than that, I've lived in New York, and uh, it is almost unlivable uh, the way they've done it. And I think people are blowing back. Uh, people are, uh, are are pushing back, and when you you know, look at the upstate counties and and the folks coming from upstate and and Long Island. You're you're dealing with, uh, with with people just who don't have the same vision. They don't have the same world view as as the Democrats in New York. And I'm specifically saying uh, Democrats in New York because I, I I don't know where else where else this is uh, this is coming from. It's uh, certainly not Republicans in New York um, and and mo- any moderate Dems. Uh, they're certainly against what's happening here, and the only way they go, anybody with a, with a conscience or anybody with a clear head uh, would vote for any of this is if they're being threatened by the other Dems that if they don't, they're going to get primaried, and basically that's what's going on. Well, the other news today, obviously, was we're going to get into it. Rashida Tlaib was censured by Congress. What do you think about that? I, I mean, it, whenever I hear Tlaib, it's like I, I'm you're mentioning the biggest piece of garbage on the planet and she's an anti-semite she's a she's a disgrace and, and the whole squad is, is is a disgrace and it's taken front and center now because of of what they're saying about the war um and and you know look you can't come down hard enough um uh, from a, a from a punishment standpoint, and when I say that, let me be very clear: uh, you can't come down hard enough on, on a censuring situation on Talib. And I think Omar should have been censored a while, but but Talib has gone way, way, uh, way over the line. Uh, I, I'm thrilled that she's being censured, but not for nothing. She was out there before they stormed the Capitol building uh, with the Free Palestine protests right and so why wasn't she considered inciting something you know what i mean i'm just going yep. there for a second yeah it's it, you know it's it's disgraceful it's awful it's it's awful what she's um inciting and what the streets of new york are doing too i'm really as someone who is jewish i'm very offended by the fact that they're even allowed without a permit to storm the streets of new york saying gas the jews can we confirm that i think we can confirm that they're saying that right it's yeah. it's disgusting yeah, it's unbelievable. Honestly, this is it's it's unbelievable that people are sending their kids to uh, to some of the best colleges or what we would think of the best universities, and, and they're coming back with this hatred for for Israel. I just, I don't get it. Uh, by the way, the state of Israel. I was there earlier this year. Uh, it, it's the best friend we have in in the world. Uh, it is uh, it, it is as close to being at home. Not in its current state because they're at war, but it's as close to being at home as as you could. And other than the UK, I can't imagine uh, a better friend that we have. And uh, disgraceful. How in the thirty seconds them. we have, who do we have up tonight? We have Ray Tierney, who is the district attorney 
Uh, Mike Sapraconi is a candidate against George Santos, and we'll see what happens there. Rob Trotta is a legislator and former FBI liaison to uh, police department. And back to Ray Tierney, he is the uh, he is the district attorney of Suffolk County. And we're going to be back with more after this, Alex. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best, period. (laughs) So tune in, Eye on Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. AM 970, The Answer. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. And every time at this time of year, we are glad to welcome our very good friends back from Food for the Poor because they are busy rescuing and saving lives in some 17 hardest-hit countries on planet Earth. Nitra Parmalee is here. Nitra, tell us how we're doing it this year. Well, we're inviting you to step into need. If you have resources and want to make an impact, if 2023 is the year you want to leave a legacy, we invite you to provide food for a family for for a year. That's on the other side of a one-time gift of $175. Uh, 855-919-4673. Your gift of $175 normally would feed two kids with Food for the Poor for the entire coming year. But if you give in the next 10 minutes, it's going to be matched. And that means four children will eat as opposed to two. 855-919-4673 or go to am970theanswer.com. We are moving now. Electric bikes are everywhere. They are quiet and very fast. Teens ride them on the roads, in bike lanes, but also in places they should not be, like sidewalks and parks. When you ride, wear a helmet. Don't speed. Watch out for pedestrians and cars. New York State and your community have specific rules for electric bikes. Follow them. Go to trafficsafety.ny.gov for more info. A message brought to you by the Governor's Traffic Safety Committee. Remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible? Well, the same rationale applies to adults, too. When we're feeling good, we think everything is okay, and we don't need a power of attorney, or we think we don't need a healthcare proxy. We think, ah, we'll worry about that when we're older or we become sick. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or healthcare proxy. What happens then? Then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Is that what you want? Of course not. 
It's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. Call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know this stuff. They've been doing it for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. I'm back. Frank McKay here, once again, filling in for author. And uh, we got a, a great show ahead. And we're going to start off with Mike Sapraconi. And it's always, uh, it's always great to talk to this guy. He's a uh, law enforcement. And he's also somebody that a lot of people are trying to draft and trying to bring into uh, the uh, the race, uh, the the George, uh, I almost said George Soros. George Santos. George Santos, right. Not George Soros. That would be, <laughs> that'd be a tougher run because of the amount of money that he could throw into his oh. own race. But I don't know, in this, uh, in, in this district, uh, it's changed quite a bit. And, and Mike Sapraconi is somebody who uh, I think a lot of people uh, are going to get behind and uh, look, a lot of people are going to line up for it. But this is a guy who's got the the resume. He's got the uh, he's got the fire in his belly, and uh, and he's he's talking about it. And I don't know if he's a if he's an announced candidate, but we're going to find that out now. Mike, how are you? Good, Frank. Nice to talk to you again. Long time no see. Yeah. Well, listen. It's uh, last time we we spoke. It was uh, probably election night. Uh, I think when Bruce Blakeman got elected, which was an exciting uh, night, but it was before. Blakeman got elected. Am I right? Uh, it might have been that night. I, but a little switch here. Now I'm talking to you on, on, on Arthur's show. You were talking to me on my show that night, right? Back yes. on LA, LA News Radio, right? Yes. And uh, it kind of interesting. Uh, we were talking as Nassau County was electing a new uh, county executive. And by the way, Blakeman's done a great job in, in Nassau County, if you ask me. And uh, and we elected somebody last night who I think you know and I know very well, uh, Ed Romaine in, um, in Suffolk County. So uh, kind of ironic. Every time we uh, we talk, it seems like a, a county executive is being elected. That's right. And, and Ed's going to do a great job out there. And Bruce is certainly doing a great job in Nassau. And that's why we were talking. I think the show was like six to seven. And we were talking the night before all the final uh, things came in. And we had we had such a great red wave that evening with, with Ann Donnelly taking over Nassau County DA's office and Ray Tierney taking over the Suffolk County DA's office. It was, uh, you know, Jen DeSena winning North Hempstead. What a big deal. Right. That was. So last night was a great night also. Uh, I mean, I think the, the GOP in Nassau County and in Suffolk County had a great evening. And I think it's kind of setting the pace for what we're going to be looking at moving forward. I mean, if you look what happened in New York City, Frank, last night, it stayed blue. The, you know, the city council pretty much stayed blue. I think we may have picked up one seat uh, possibly in, Bronx, in the Bronx and we're still looking for that to be uh, finalized. But I think we had such a strong night in my day. And, you know, that's the district I'm looking to run in. And I say New York uh, Congressional District 3, and people look at me like, where is that? And then I say, that's the Santos district. <laughs> and then people right away understand, right? Uh, so I think by seeing North Hempstead have such a great run last night, and Jen DeSena winning a second term, and Mozzie winning again, I think we're setting the stage for what's going to happen next in District 3. And I, I don't know, Frank, if you're familiar how this is playing out right now, but 
Uh, a few weeks ago, Anthony D'Esposito, the congressional, uh, the congressman from uh, Nassau County District 4, New York District 4, he had put a resolution with the rest of the Nassau County delegation to remove Santos. And that resolution failed at the vote. Mm. Uh, but, but the same day the resolution was put forth, the United States Con- Congressional Ethics Committee put out a letter stating that on or about the 16th of November, they're going to come down with a ruling finally, which everybody was kind of waiting on. It looked like the Ethics Committee was dragging their feet. But, you know, there's been a lot going on in Congress, Frank, the last couple of months. I think we, we missed about three weeks without a speaker. We had this going on. We had that going on. So it's been an interesting time. But it looks like we finally got our act together there. We have a strong speaker. Uh, the Ethics Committee is going to come down with their, their thoughts. And we're hoping that it's a resolution to remove Santos. No. And uh, uh, Mike, not to cut you off, but what's better for you? Uh, is it better uh, uh, f- to have a special election? Um, and in that sense, you'd have to be appointed, I guess. Uh, the, the leadership would have a lot to say there. Uh, in a regular free-for-all primary, uh, it kind of is just up to the, the voters. Obviously, uh, leadership uh, takes part in that as well. Uh, what's better for you in your mind to run for that seat in a special or to run in a general election? Well, I think in my mind personally, I think a special would be the way to go. I don't know if the party exactly you know, feels the same way. I mean, I'm vying for the Republican nomination and I'm vying for the conservative nomination. I've spoken to both chairmen several times. Uh, I haven't, I don't have the blessing of the party yet, but that's kind of standard at this point. Uh, but it's it's interesting how things are moving on. And you had mentioned before how this works. Well, if, if Santos was to be removed, there would be a special election. And then Jay Jacobs from the Democratic Party would appoint somebody, and Chairman Cairo from the Nassau GOP would appoint somebody. And those two people would run against each other in a special election. And if that was to happen at the end of this month, the governor set that date, I think it's 70 to 80 days or something after the announcement, so that would probably play out somewhere in February or March. And then whoever wins that, which, of course, it would be me, whoever wins that uh, election would then have to run again in November of 24, because that's when the Santos term is up. So that's interesting in itself. In November 24 scenario, if there is no special election, uh, the Democrats will certainly primary. That's what they do. Uh, I think you agree with me, Frank, on that. And. The GOP doesn't necessarily primary, right? You know, Santos has made it clear that he is going to run, but it doesn't necessarily mean we'll come down to a primary. At some point, we're hoping that Chairman Cairo would make a decision on who his choice would be, and everybody else would fall behind that choice, and we would be united, and we would then therefore run in, in November. But, but keep in mind, and we just look at a little bit of history, back in 16, uh, Trump lost Nassau County, even though he won the election, he lost Nassau County. And then we go back to 2020. Again, we lost Trump once again, lost Nassau County. So it seems that in presidential years, it's very difficult on the GOP uh, to, to win that spot. It's a tough spot. You get a lot of turnout. Democrats turn out well. Democrats do very well on absentee ballots. But nobody does what their GOP in Nassau County does. Nobody can get the turnout and the foot soldiers on the ground like Chairman Cairo does 
to get to get everybody out there, make sure everybody votes and everybody understands and chooses the best candidate. So they do a really good job on that. So I'm confident that be it a special election or be it the regular general election, that the Republicans will get out the votes and do what they need to do, just like they did yesterday. I mean, yeah. these are, we, 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 turn, we swept Long Beach, Frank, I think for the first time in 20 or something years, maybe wow. even more than Big deal. It's a big deal. And it's heading away for what's going on in the future. Mike, I, I'm assuming the, the Dem that would stand, uh, would, would uh, be left standing would either be Anna Kaplan or Tom Swazi. So I, I, I hear that name often, both names. I, I would think, so I think, again, to train the, train the thought, Frank, if, if there's a special, I think Chairman Jacobs would probably pick Tom Swazi because that's the rumors out there, okay? Not the rumors mean anything, but that's what we're hearing. I'm hearing constantly. Uh, Team Jeffries is behind Tom. Uh, I don't know if the governor will be behind Tom. There's a lot of things going on there, right? You know, Tom ran for, uh, he ran, he primaried her, and I don't think that went over well for either of them, right? Mm. So I don't know there. She needs to support. I know Jay will probably support him. They've supported each other in the past. Uh, Anna Kaplan, I, I don't know all that much about. I know she was a New York State senator. Uh, she lost, and then she won again. She lost, I think, against Elaine Phillips. And then she was able to win after that. And now she lost again last, just to Jack Martins, I think, last year or so. But it, it seems right now the Democrats are kind of beating each other up, right? And I think that if, if we get to a primary situation, I don't necessarily know if Swazi wins or not. I mean, you had Robert Zimmerman win uh, last year, the primary. Swazi wasn't in that, but he won this, the primary to run against Santos. So I think Robert Zimmerman probably has an interest. The young man, Josh Lapazine, I think he just lost last night to Samantha Getz, a big win for the Republicans in the legislative spot there. Huge win. Uh, I know huge, huge win. Big win, correct. And I know he's been speaking of uh, of running for Congress. I mean, you see him all over the place. I wasn't sure if he was running for Congress or the legislature, but I guess he's running for both. Uh, so it, it'll be an interesting thing. It'll be interesting if there's a special. It'll be interesting if there's just the general election. But I think what's important is to start to get the information out to the voters, uh, the constituents, about what we, what we need to do, what our message is on crime, on migration, on economy, and to talk about what the Democrats have lacked. I mean, you know, you look at, uh, if, you're, if you don't agree with what Biden's done here, and I don't know who can agree with what Biden's done, you have to look at the Democrats. And say, well, these people are supported Biden. They're no better. They're no different. Mike Sapricone, everyone. And uh, you know, one one quick point is uh, is uh, whoever did Zimmerman's uh, oppositional research uh, has to give him a refund. I mean, uh, the fact that he went all that time without knowing what George Santos was uh, it was just unforgivable. Just an amazing, terrible job on oppositional research there. Frank McKay, once again, we'll be back right after this.
This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a Medical Minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare Rx, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Michael Rosario from St. Anthony's Neurology Group in St. Petersburg, Florida. CIDP, which is the acronym for Chronic Inflammatory Demyelinating Polyradicular Neuropathy, is an autoimmune disease in which our own immune system creates antibodies that target and attacks the nerve's outer covering called myelin. Damage to this protective covering causes interruption in nerve signal leading to nerve dysfunction. When the nerves do not work well, we call that neuropathy. CIDP is one of many types of neuropathies. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. From the ReliefFactor.com studios, Relief Factor, it's real, it works, it is liberating over a million Americans right now, me included. Yes, I had a low back pain issue that plagued me for nine years, almost a decade. Then I took Relief Factor. Two weeks later, I was pain-free. But it's not just me. It's people like... Yvonne from California. Listen to Yvonne's story. Both my husband and I are in our 70s and are so grateful to have found Relief Factor. We tried so many other solutions, but none of them have given us the freedom of being pain-free like Relief Factor. Just those two words, pain-free, should be a reason enough for you to order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do, and I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you. Like it works for me, Yvonne, and over a million of your fellow Americans. Call right now, 1-800-4-RELIEF. That's 1-800-473-5433. Or go to relieffactor.com. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins. Suffering an injury in an accident can be a life-changing experience. Whether you've been involved in a car accident, a construction site accident, a slip and fall, or injured because of someone else's negligence, we can help. Our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you are owed. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you have been injured because of someone else's negligence, you have legal rights and may be entitled to significant money to compensate you for your pain and suffering. Hiring the right attorney is important. The combined experience of the lawyers at Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins will be able to lead you through the personal injury lawsuit process and aggressively fight for the best result. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Many students finish college without a clear path towards a career. Do you know a graduate in this position? Well, tell them about Plaza College's accelerated program in court reporting, which allows them to speed their way into the legal field and make great money without going to law school. This is an in-demand, lucrative career with flexibility that more people need to know about. I speak to the district attorney's offices often, and they are in dire need of court reporters. Courts, schools, and television stations are all seeking these professionals to 
recording, caption, everything from depositions, classes, live shows, and sporting events. And the National Court Reporters Association has partnered with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Once again, Frank McKay here filling in for Arthur. And our next guest is someone uh, who knows a little something about psycho killers as that music is in, <laughs> going in the background. And uh, we just are coming off uh, an election night and uh, pretty reminiscent of what we saw in 2021. Big win on election uh, election night and it changed uh, changed the world certainly changed the world for so many different people gave a lot of faith back to the public that real prosecutors coming in there and that's the DA's race in 2021 and an unknown uh, virtually unknown uh, individual no political experience but a lot of prosecutory uh, experience and, and a lot of uh, professional experience uh, came in and, and basically didn't didn't have a political contact in the world. The only thing the political folks knew about him is that he prosecuted a lot of the political folks. And he came in and he ran. He had no money. And uh, he built up money and he, he got support. He, he got tremendous support from people as it started picking up. And he beat an incumbent that was, uh, you know, virtually uh, considered unbeatable, even though he was a terrible DA. Uh, but he had uh, the local newspaper behind him. Uh, that's Tim Sinney we were talking about. He had all kinds of press and he had money. I think he had $1.2 million when Ray Tierney had lunch money. And uh, and he came in and Ray Tierney wiped him out on election night 2021. Last night, last night we had Ed Romaine um, win basically by the same margin, very reminiscent. And talking about Ed Romaine being around for a long time. And, and in that audience watching is, uh, is a great DA, Suffolk County. A lot's happened in two years. And that's Ray Tierney. Ray, how are you? Hey, hey, Frank, how are you? Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, listen, thrilled to have you. Uh, bring back memories from two years ago. And, and am I right that a lot has happened in two years? Yes, it's a tremendous amount has happened in two years. Uh, it did bring back memories. Um, you know, very, very similar, I thought. Um, I was very, very happy for Ed Romaine. I got to know Ed when I ran back in 2021. Um, and, you know, I, I had a very positive opinion of him back then. And then once I became DA, he was the supervisor of the town of Brookhaven, which is the biggest town in Suffolk County. So we did a lot of work together with uh, quality of life crimes, um, community outreach, that type of thing. And, you know, we really had a great working relationship. Uh, so I'm, I'm so happy that he is uh, the uh, county executive. And uh, I look forward to working with him uh, and really having a good partner when it comes to uh, solving some of these problems in Suffolk County with regard to public safety. Maybe it's part rhetorical, but uh, I, w- I would assume that it's comforting knowing that you have a competent uh, administrator in there in the county exec spot. 
I, you know, it's just, it's, you know, I, I, I think it's, uh, we were due for a change, uh, you know, because of the, um, you know, the, the, uh, the, the term limits. So we were going to get a change, which I thought was positive. So the fact that that change comes in the person of uh, Ed Romaine is, is tremendous because, like I said, I, I think he's a tremendous administrator. He has a tr- tremendous experience, and I think he's really going uh, to be able to, to really assist us uh, in doing some of the, the things that we need to do to keep Suffolk County safe. And I think the best thing about Ed Romaine is Ed Romaine uh, allows uh, you know, the experts to, to do what they do uh, and to assist them uh, and not try to overshadow them or interfere. You know, one of the things that that sticks out to me about your your term, obviously, uh, you're only halfway through your term here, but uh, so many uh, so many people are, are focused and and uh, for good reason on Gilgo and and you uh, your arrest of Rex Hewerman and uh, and the ongoing prosecution that's uh, listen that's going to come to a head in 2024. So every the the whole country, the whole world took notice on that. But one thing that that surprised me is how much it overshadows some of the other situations you have going on. A lot of drug bust coming out of your uh, your office and and people that are into recovery, people that are in that business that, of, of trying to get people um, uh, in, you know, in a spot for a recovery. They talk about your office and, and really point to a track record of some major drug bust. And for some reason, they're just not. They, they're just not being noticed because uh, because of Gilgo. Is that frustrating at all? It's not frustrating. I think it's interesting because I think a lot of, you know, Gilgo obviously gets a lot of attention and it's sometimes spoken about like it's this like singular event or, or uh, occurrence. But I really think that, you know, the, the sort of the mindset and the prosecution that we brought to the Gilgo case is really just indicative of the mindset and the prosecution to all our cases. I think when we took over, uh, when you know we, we, we took a sort of soup to nuts evaluation of the office, and we said that we were going to prosecute the cases uh, in the manner in which I've been prosecuting my whole life uh, in federal court uh, as well as state court, uh, and we've had some great, you know, we've, we've done some great um, kind of homicide convictions. We've had some great gang cases. Obviously, the uh, the drug cases and the opioid overdose crisis, uh, crisis, real important. But we've had, you know, we've had massive retail theft cases in which we did a state RICO uh, case on, you know, from from top to bottom, uh, a retail, uh, organized retail theft. So we've really taken, I think, a, a comprehensive look at what's happening in Suffolk County. And, you know, what we do is we don't talk about arrests. Uh, we talk about convictions and results. How much different is all of this than what you would have expected before you took over? And again, I pointed out, you know, how much experience you had coming into this. Uh, but I, I've got to believe uh, there was it, it was different anticipation, uh, at least somewhat, uh, than what you've uh, experienced here in the last couple of years? I mean, I think it was pretty much exactly what I expected it to be. Um, the thing that I think that is a little surprising to me is in uh, the resistance, uh, the resistance that I've gotten from you know, governmental ev- uh, entities and some partners uh, in, in wanting to do things the same old way, even though those that same old way wasn't successful. So, you know, we, we sort of starting to try to turn things around. Um, but, you know, certainly having a new partner in the county executive is really going to help 
because I think it's really going to help us to get uh, all of our oars uh, pointed in the same direction so we can uh, continue uh, the success and, fur- and further it. If I know Ed Romaine, uh, I, I could assume that he's going to do whatever he can uh, to help you succeed. Uh, he wants success. He wants crime uh, uh, taken, taken care of. And uh, he also knows what he doesn't know. And he's not going to, and again, this is, you know, I've, I've known the guy for, you know, 25, 30 years. Uh, I know he's not going to uh, pretend to know it all when it comes to uh, investigations. He's going to lean on, on you to know your own business. You know, we've, we've spoken, you know, a little bit. And, you know, listen, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him as, as a manager, as a, as a, you know, with his track record, and uh, especially in town of Brookhaven. But you're right. I mean, I think he knows what he's good at. Uh, and, and certainly he's never been in law enforcement, so he's not going to try to pretend that he's been in law enforcement. And he is going to rely upon the experts in the, in the police department, uh, the experts, you know, in my office, um, hopefully myself. And, you know, we're, he's going to work with us so we can have success. And that will be uh, more than enough for Ed, I'm sure. Look, I know you're on schedule, and we uh, we want to uh, keep you on schedule and not interfere too much here. In uh, in the quickest possible way, what's the timeline on the Gilgo trial? So you know, it's very interesting, uh, Frank. We have a lot of real cutting edge technology. Uh, obviously, the case is 13 years old. We have to handle all of that material that has been accumulated in the last 13 years over in a sort of comprehensive way and which makes sense to both the defense and ourselves. So that's going to take a while. And then the defense is going to have to do their uh, investigation uh, as well as, you know, contest some of the, uh, the forensic evidence, the, the cell phone evidence, the, the DNA evidence and the like. So, you know, it's really, it's not up to me. It's really, uh, really uh, up to the, not only me, but the judge and the defense and, and the defense has, you know, not only do they have to get all this information, then they have to uh, look at it, evaluate it, do their own investigation, and then make the appropriate or what they think is appropriate motion. So it's going to be a while. Ray Tierney, congrats on all your success. Uh, keep up the great work. Thanks, Frank. Ray Tierney, Suffolk County DA, everyone, has been our very special guest. And uh, again, you're listening to the author Adala. Power Hour, Frank McKay here filling in. We'll be back with more right after this. The recent collapses of some of America's largest banks could be devastating for small businesses needing financing. But Swish Funding is there with the funds you need for expansion, inventory, increased overhead, and slow cash flow. If you have at least $25,000 in monthly revenue and have been in business for at least a year, we're ready to help with funding from $5,000 to $5 million with no collateral or personal guarantee needed. Applying takes just minutes with funds in your bank account within 24 hours. Go to SwishFunding.com. That's S-W-I-S-H Funding.com. Calling all patriots. Are you ready for the adventure of a lifetime? Journey with me on the Patriots Alaska cruise in June 2024. We'll dive deep into geopolitical trends and unpack the influences shaping the world today. It's an incredible opportunity to engage with me and other patriots on an epic seven-day journey. Witness the untouched wilderness of Alaska while discussing America's future. Join us from June 29th to July 6, 2024. Book online. PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com 
Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Let's talk about Bay Ridge Honda, run by my friend Rob Sabah. The Sabah family has owned and operated this Honda dealer for over 60 years. My grandfather bought a Honda Accord there in 1980 and kept it for decades. Bay Ridge Honda serves all five boroughs, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens, and the Bronx. My parents, my sister, my brother-in-law, everyone I know has purchased a car from Bay Ridge Honda because the Sabah family and their team are the best and most trusted in the business. And you can save big all month long at Bay Ridge Honda's Big Black Friday sale. Big inventory, big benefits, and big savings with all the new Honda models in stock marked below manufacturer's retail prices. So visit Bay Ridge Honda on 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. This sale ends November 30th, 2023. Hi, it's Kevin McCullough. Tonight, instead of Wellness Wednesday, we'll be joining the Republican presidential debate hosted by NBC News and the Salem Media Group. Join us for the pre-debate with our own Mike Gallagher at 7 o'clock and for the actual debate beginning at 8 tonight. This special debate airing is locally sponsored in part by my good friends at Balance of Nature. The Eric Metaxas Show, tonight at 11 on AM 970. The Answer. Frank McKay here once again, thanking everyone for tuning in to the Arthur Adala Power Hour, and I am guest hosting for Arthur, and he'll be back soon, don't worry, but before we let you go, we're going to introduce to you, if you haven't heard him yet, he's a public official out on Long Island, he's a very popular public official on Long Island, well actually it depends on who you ask that he's a very popular public official, but he's very very frank, very candid, speaks his mind. He represents the 13th legislative district in in uh, Long Island and Suffolk County. And without further ado, Rob Trotter, how are you? Hi, Frank. How are you doing? I should also say he's a former police officer, and he was the, the FBI liaison to Suffolk County Police, and uh, he saw a lot of things, a lot of things that, that disturbed him. But look... Uh, hopefully things are getting a little better now. Rob, uh, first of all, I, big change in Suffolk County. We're getting rid of uh, Steve Ballone as county executive, and we got Ed Romaine coming in. Yeah, uh, listen, let me give you a quote uh, just to react to. Sid Rosenberg said on his show the other day that Steve Ballone, thank God he's going, he was the most corrupt politician that Suffolk County ever had. Uh, true or false? Uh, I would say, true. I mean, he's the luckiest politician we've ever had, certainly, and uh, he's dodged many bullets, and, uh, you know, corrupt is a, is a big word. I don't know that he's corrupt, but he's, you know, I think that the, the Democratic state control of Thomas Monopoly said it the best. There's 62 counties in the state of New York, five years running. We were the worst fiscal shape out of all 62 counties. So, you know, is incompetence a form of corruption? Yes. And if that's true, he's definitely corrupt because he's totally incompetent. Listen, I point to the fact, and I've said it a lot, like a broken record, but the fact that he appointed Jimmy Burke, as someone you, you know, and I, I won't say you love him, but uh, Jimmy Burke was appointed to be police chief by Steve Ballone. And they immediately moved to get the FBI out of the investigation and, and turned uh, Gilgo Beach the the Lisk, the Long Island serial killing, into a cold case. Uh, I mean, if that's not corrupt, I don't know what is. 
you know, you know this is the, the funny thing. It's actually, it's actually not, not even funny. It's sad. Burke was on the cover of Newsday for having sex with prostitutes on duty, in uniform, in his patrol car. And he wasn't fired. And when they found out when he was a chief that this happened, they still didn't fire him. So what message are you sending to rank and file police officer? It's okay to have sex with a prostitute in your car. You could still be the police chief. I mean, that's the basis of where this department was. And it, you know, in some ways still is. It's, it's, you know, it's, 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 in, it's crazy. This should not be a reflection on the hardworking men and women of the police department. It's the relationship between the hierarchy of the police department, the unions, and the politicians. Well, listen. And in this case, Steve Ballone. Yeah. Well, listen, we have, we have another one of his appointees uh, leaving in haste. And that was a, I don't know if that was a surprise move for you, but a lot of people were, were taking him back, and there's different people who have different opinions, and that's Commissioner Rodney Harrison, who, by the way, took a lot of bows for, for solving Gilgo, and you and I both know that was a DA-driven oh, yeah, DA driven investigation, and Rodney Harrison had nothing, zero to do with, with solving yeah. that. It, it's really unbelievable to me that he sits there and claims credit. I mean, let's look at the fact pattern. Everyone involved with Ballone who tried to solve it couldn't and didn't. It wasn't until Ray Tierney was the district attorney that it was solved, an outsider, someone not related to him. So for uh, Harrison to stand back and say, oh, look what I did, look what I did, I put the team together. Really? Are you really kidding me? It, it's quite comical, actually. It's sad. You know, and, you know, I've, I've had many meetings with him. You know, there's, there's some scuttlebutt. I don't want to get the details to it, but I was actually on the public safety committee where I recorded him because, you know, I'm the internal affairs for the police department and the hierarchy of the police department. And he came into my office and lied to me. And I knew he was going to lie to me, so I recorded it. And then, you know, it, it's ridiculous. You know, in my mind, you know, I, I can get into the gruesome details of the, the election law that was violated, and he violated it. There's actually election law that says police commissioners, any member of a police department directly or indirectly aids a candidate. And he indirectly, by doing nothing, aided Ballone to become and stay as uh, the county executive. It, it just boggles my mind. And in, in my mind, the, there's definitely grounds to arrest him for an election law violation. Although, at least demeanor, by the way. Yeah. Well, listen, that'll never happen. But I mean, it's uh, it's it's the point is well taken. Uh, w what about Harrison? Though? Why did he leave? Uh, do you have an estimation uh, or, or a prediction, um, a, a theory on why Rodney Harrison left us so quickly? Sure. I mean, he knew he, uh, the new county executive coming in, the, the poll numbers were going to show that Romaine was going to win. Um, what happened with there was he knew he was going to be leaving. So what better way? You're not get fired or asked to leave. You just leave. You know, it's sort of customary that you leave and let the new administration bring somebody else in. And, uh, you know, he, he says he's going in mid-December, but that's a code word for saying I'm burning up my vacation between now and then. I, I doubt he'll be, you know, that hands-on between now and mid-December. He's also shopping a book deal. He's actively shopping a book deal. That's not speculation. That's uh, that's a fact. Uh, he's out there looking, and and it's it's going to be based on him solving Gilgo, which is uh, completely, uh, I mean, completely false. Um, but uh, have you heard that? And if you have or haven't, what's your thoughts on him uh, getting his hands on some bucks for uh, for a book like that? You know, it's, it's not surprising. You know, it, it, he could. You know, he know. I'm sure he knows the backstory. He knows what happened. I mean, in essence, what it was it was a uh, you know a very effective state trooper who you know dug down and found this information, and uh, you know 
that's the person should be, anybody could write a book on this because it's a book on incompetence and it's books on it's a book on you know not following up the, the best and brightest lead that you have uh, where does Bologna go from here Good question. I don't. I don't know where he's going to go because you know. Would you hire someone who ran the worst company out of sixty-two companies? I wouldn't. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd do some research on him, and you'd have to Google him. You found out that you know Suffolk County is the worst fiscal shape out of all the sixty-two counties in the state of New York. I don't think you'd hire him, would you? I wouldn't. Yeah, well, I, oh, you're asking the wrong guy. I've, I've got complete bias against uh, him. I've watched him. And by the way, he wasn't my high school buddy, and he never did anything to me. But his hmm. his uh, situation, the way he handled his job, uh, and complete incompetence and, and complete corruption in my mind. I, I disagree with you there. I think he's uh, he's unbelievably corrupt. And he didn't want this solved. He uh, he had no um, idea that uh, that this was going to happen this way. And for some reason, he's just feared that Gilgo would get solved. He put Rodney Harrison there. By the way, th- there's not a word about all this time, all ten years. There wasn't a word about Lisk or Gilgo, anything out of uh, Steve Ballone's mouth on it until. Ray Tierney got in there. Then he hired a, a top cop. He hired his commissioner. And the first words out of Rodney Harrison's mouth is, I'm going to solve Gilgo. And I, what does that tell you? I mean, they knew they knew that Tierney would get to the bottom of it. And they figured, let me position myself to try to look like I'm solving this thing. You're probably right. There's probably a lot of truth to what you just said. I mean, it, it, it's just sort of, you know. And I, honestly, I don't even blame like the detectives and the cops doing it because it was a a friend of mine was the inspector in charge of homicide at the time. Do you know that he wasn't even aware of the uh, the Chevy Avalanche? He wasn't even aware that that was a, there was a man six foot four, and that was the last person to see the first person. The last person went missing. Your best lead in in that case was you know someone went missing two months earlier, and this is the person who saw him. The other bodies had been there for months or years even, year, many years in, in a lot of cases. That's, you know, you need some supervision to say that's the one you target, that's the one you go after. And from what I'm hearing, it just wasn't done correctly. And cl- honestly, no, obviously it wasn't done correctly because once they got the information, they solved it in no time. Well, listen, it's a good time to congratulate you um, for uh, for your career, and I think you're term limited, right? You can't run again for that yes. office. Thank but, God. My yeah. wife's very happy about that. <laughs> uh, well, listen, congrats to you, and uh, you've ruffled some feathers along the way, but you've told a lot of truth along the way, and congratulations on a, another re-election. Rob Trotter, thanks for being here. Thank you, Frank. Bye-bye. Frank McKay here once again. The author of Dalla Power Hour is upon us. Uh, I'm very honored to fill in for author, but he'll be back. Don't worry about that. Uh, Frank McKay signing off, and he'll see you, and others will see you. I won't, but others will see you on the Author Adala Power Hour. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.